0: Welcome back, guys, to the 12th episode of the Crunch Time Podcast, where we dive into the world of sports and get up close in person with players, coaches, trainers, and agents who make it all happen today. Today, we have a special guest, Mike Aldova, the founder of DolphinsTalk.com. What's up, Mike? Hey, what's going on? Thanks for having me. Good. Thank you for coming on. So I wanted to get into, like, probably the hottest topic that's surrounding the Dolphins or in NFL, pretty much, Dolphin Cook. Where do you think he ends up?
1: Yeah, that's a million-dollar question. Um, I wish I knew. I I think ultimately it'll be Miami, uh, only well, because I don't know if any other team. One, he wants to go there. Number one, clearly, and two, I don't know what other team kind of wants him. I know he visited with the Jets last weekend, but I'm guessing it didn't go great because he he was there on site and he didn't sign. And then there was a report on Fox Sports on Wednesday morning from the Carton Show with Craig Carton and Plexico Burris, um, who said that the Jets are out and it's down between Miami and the Cowboys, which is interesting because we haven't heard the Cowboys name brought up since. But I think his heart's in Miami. He's from Miami. He wants to play in Miami. His trainer's in Miami. I think it's going to be Miami. I don't think Cook's going to get as much money as he wants, so it might be a one-year deal. But it might be a while, too. It might be mid to late August before he signs because he's going to hope and pray that there's a team out there that really needs a running back and will pay him as much as he was making with the Vikings, or at least be close to what he was making with the Vikings.
0: Yeah. So I wanted to know what would you think the Dolphins' running back room would look like if Dolphin Cook was signed with the Dolphins?
1: Yeah. He's, he's the top dog, obviously. Yeah. Uh, but the later this goes, you know, he might not be the top dog right away. So if it look, it's still the first week of August. If he signs now, I think by week one, he's your starter. But if he doesn't sign to August 15th, 16th, 20th or later, you know, he's not going to start the season as a starter. What well, it's not fair Two, he's probably not even um, up to speed on the playbook and all that good stuff. So I think if Cook signs relatively soon, he's the number one running back with Raheem Mostert as a number two. I think Jeff Wilson's probably the odd man out. And rookie Devon A-Chain, who's more of a specialty back anyway, just because of his size, speed. He's not the largest guy in the world here, even by running back standards. So I think they're going to use him more as, like, not a – more as, like, specific plays and packages to sort of take advantage of his speed, which is blazing.
0: Yeah, I mean, Savon Althamad has been having so far a good start at the training camps. Do you think he has a a, a spot on the team next year?
1: Um, If they sign Cook, no. If they don't sign Cook, he's got a chance. But he's behind a lot of guys in front of him. Ray Mostert, uh, you know, he was – Miami's leading rusher last year. Then they traded for Jeff Wilson, re-signed him in the offseason. Then they used a third-round pick out of an A-chain. So if they sign Cook, I think Salvin Ahmed's gone. If they don't sign him, there's a chance they carry four running backs, I guess.
0: Yeah, so of course every team has its holes. What do
1: you think is Miami's
0: weakest position?
1: Offensive line, offensive line, offensive line. It's been beyond dreadful the past couple of years. And they really haven't done anything to upgrade it. Uh, they have a lot of faith in the guys they have. I think it's blind faith. I have no idea why they have faith. But if that offensive line is one injury away from being one of the worst units in the league, so that's by far the weakest area on the team.
0: Yeah, I mean, Kendall has had a good training camp, so maybe... That's true. Let's hope.
1: But he's been in the league for eight years, and he's done nothing. So the fact you you know you're, that you're putting some hope on a guy who's been around for years and done nothing as like your first offensive tackle... Off the bench It's great if he's playing well But you know History's not on his side
0: Let's just say that Yeah I mean we'll, we'll, I guess we'll see on the field
1: <laughs> we'll, we'll find out If there's an injury um, Because If there's an injury To Connor Williams They're screwed If there's an injury To Robert Hunt They're screwed And if, if there's an injury To Trot Armstead You know you, you could just pack up The tent there Because they're, they're royally Screwed then Any
0: injury would Be a big loss
1: Especially those three Like if they lose Austin Jackson I don't think he's that good anyways. It might be um a blessing in some ways. Or if they actually lost Leah Meichenberg, that's really no big downgrade. But the other three, they need on the field as much as possible.
0: Yeah, I mean, also something with uh, the defensive acts. Jam Ramsey was a big loss to the Dolphins. What do you think the what do you think it looks like? Who's gonna be playing when he's not on the field the first couple of weeks?
1: Yeah, um, that's interesting. So I know everyone talks about Cater Cogan. But I think Cater uh, Kogu is more of like a nickelback. So I don't know if this affects him too much. Is that Because in the NFL these days, you're in the nickel formation like so often that you have three quarterbacks on the field all the time. So I think Howard is obviously Howard. He's there. Cater Kogu is going to be on the field in the slot. So it really comes down to um, Noah Ibnagany, Cam Smith, and Eli Apple, who's going to step in and replace um Jalen Ramsey. Yeah, I think in a perfect world, you want Cam Smith, second-round draft pick. But he's a rookie, and we all know rookies struggle. Noah, much like Austin Jackson, I have zero faith in and all. So, you know, Eli Apple is a veteran. He was a high top 10 pick in 2016, top-ten pick. He's been around the league. He was the starting cornerback on the Cincinnati Bengals when they went to the Super Bowl a couple of years ago. He can play. He can play. Now, look, he's not a superstar. He's not great, but he's a serviceable veteran. So if Cam Smith struggles or They don't want to play a rookie right out of the gate, which I totally get. I think Eli Apple and Cam Smith might split time a little bit. Um, I have a hard – I just have a hard time believing Noah Ibenaghi will have significant snaps at corner. He's been so bad for three years. I just can't – with a team with this much expectations, I cannot believe they would play him significant snaps. So I'm thinking Cam Smith, Eli Apple, some little timeshare there to fill in for Ramsey. I mean, on the like it's of course Jalen
0: Ramsey's a big loss, but on the positive side, it's gonna be cool to see all these young guys like Cam Smith, Eli Apple, Trill Williams, all these young guys try to like prove themselves that they're yeah, like they're
1: able to play. Yeah, here's something else too with Ramsey. He's never played one down for the Miami Dolphins. You can't miss something he never had. So they went through all the last season with no um, Jones as he missed the whole year there um, so now you got Ramsey who's out probably for the first three months or so of the season. It, You can't say you're going to miss him because you never had him so it's unfortunate because I think him and Howard on the field at the same time would have been special and we will see it eventually but you're going to have to wait a bit and now it's time for Cam Smith Eli Apple, Cater um, Trill Williams I guess Noah, you have to step up and one or two of those guys have to um, take this golden opportunity that they're presented with. Staying on the defensive
0: side of the ball. Of course, the Dolphins haven't been on top of their game with their linebackers recently, but now they're just starting to get something there. Do you think any uh, any players break
1: out next season? I think the new middle linebacker, David Long, has a chance to be special. Now, here's the issue with Long, which is an issue with a lot of guys, Chris Greer signs. Little injury prone. He has a tendency to miss games. So if if he can stay healthy, I think he will be um, a breath of fresh air at, at middle linebacker. And that's not even a total knock on Elandon Roberts. But the issue with Roberts, who has been Miami's middle linebacker the past few years, is that one-dimensional, right against the run, but if a team sort of matches up a tight end or a running back on him in the passing game, he's like burnt toast. Long can a little bit more um, – a little bit more – Flexibility there in the passing game, very good against the run. More athletic, I know. In the practice on Tuesday, I want to say he tackled Tyree Kill for a loss in the backfield. That's Tyree Kill. Long tackled him in the law in the backfield for a loss. So um, he's got a chance to be special. And outside of it, it's going to be real interesting because guys like Malik Reed, an um, outside linebacker, is going to be to see because he has experience with Vic Fangio, Andrew Van. Kekul is uh, now playing both inside and outside linebacker, so it'll be, nice. it'll be nice to see how he sort of transitions to inside when he has to play there. And I think Jerome Baker, it, you kind of know what you're going to get with him, which is good. A lot of consistency there with him. So I think long is the key, though, but it's going to be fun to watch because we got some new blood there because that linebacker group in years past, recent years, hasn't been great. Yeah, do you believe in Channing Tindall? Not yet. I mean... I have no reason to. Um, I know, and look, he was a third-round pick, which I think, I know he was Miami's first pick in 2022, but he's a third-round pick, and when you actually factor in the compens- the compensatory picks at the end of round three, he was really picked at the top of round four in reality. Um, and guys, you take late round three, first part of round four, it takes a year or two, um, or sometimes never maybe, to become acclimated to the NFL, So, Tyndall, I know he had a strong practice today when we are recording this, actually. Very strong. But other than a few strong practices that, you know, it's good to have, but what does that mean in the big picture? Last year, he did nothing. I know the game against the Bears was his big um, chance to shine because they told him, you have one job, shadow Justin Fields. At the end of the first quarter, they're going to take him out of the game because he couldn't handle that one job. Um, So, we'll see, Tyndall. I mean, I have hopes. But and look, if Vic Fanjo's as smart as everyone says he is, which he has a great resume, get the most out of Channing Tindall. Let's see it. Let's see that. Um, it'd be great to see because he is a freak athletically, but we just haven't seen anything.
0: Yeah, with this with Fangio's cloud coverage scheme, is that more beneficial to this year's corners as far as not getting exposed as much compared to last year's corners stepping up?
1: Yeah, it should help. Absolutely should help. I think man coverage is Very taxing on corners. Now, someone like Xavier Howard is very good at it, but even he, if he's less than 100% or if he's little, yeah, say like he's less than 100%, he's even going to struggle at times like he did last year. Um, I think playing zone um, in the secondary with the corners, one, it makes it easier to replace a guy should they go down because you're not asking a guy to sort of go one-on-one with elite wide receivers like Miami will face this year. So it does make it easier, and it also makes it easier for like the younger guys to get on the field sooner, um, in in some ways. So that should help the secondary, and the addition of Vic Fangio is going to help in a lot of ways. What kind of annoys me is Mike McDaniel wanted Vic Fangio in 2022, and our general manager and our owner said, "No, you have to have Josh Boyer." So I'm just mad that we didn't have Vic Fangio last year. Because it feels like we'd be way farther ahead in the game if we just had him last year. And who knows how last year would have played out. But uh, I, I am happy he's here. I just wish that our powers that be in South Florida let the head coach have him when he wanted him.
0: Yeah, switching sides of the ball, the tight end room has been, is not like nothing crazy. What do you think it looks like next at uh, the start of the season?
1: Yeah, it's just there. It's ordinary. Nothing special, but it doesn't have to be special um, because the offense Miami runs is heavily, it heavily features the wide receivers. And especially when you have like Hill and Waddle, they're going to eat up so many targets. They're each going to have hundreds of targets. They're going to have a lot of receptions, probably close to 100 each or in like 85, 90, 100 each or more. There's not enough passes to go around to everybody. Then you factor in like your Cedric Wilson types, your Robbie Chosen types. um, Then you're going to throw, say, Mostert or Cook, you know, probably 40 or 50 balls. Like, there's only so many passes to go around. So, our tight ends, really, in this style of offense, just need to block, be that sixth offensive lineman, which Lord knows our offensive line needs as much help as they can get. So, having a sixth blocker out there in many ways um, helps that. So, the guys they have, like an Eric Sauerbrit and uh, Smythe, are primarily blockers who, you know, they can catch a pass, but they're not going to be you know, guys are going to make big plays down the field. Because that's not A, we don't need that, and B, that's not what they do. So I'm okay with the tight end room for the most part because what we need them for is blocking. And those guys like Eric Sauvig can block, Smith can block, and that's it. So I am, I'm okay with it. I don't need, you know, a superstar tight end because I don't know if that's what, unless that superstar tight end can block like a superstar, I don't care how many receptions he has. Because we had a guy last year, who could make those plays down the field, run routes. He just never got the ball because, you know, when you got Hill and Waddle, there's not enough passes for a tight end to.
0: Yeah, the receiving room, we know, like, the one and two is going to be Tyreek and Waddle. Who do you think is the number three receiver?
1: Robbie Chosen, if he's not in trouble off the field. Um, he's your number three, and it's not even close. But he has a history of being in trouble off the field. So, uh, and then after that, it gets interesting because I think you got Cedric Wilson, Braxton Barrios and Eric a Now, I think they're all going to make the team. But who plays uh, when? Braxton Barrios. I know this training camp from other people on site It says he's not open a ton. Now I don't know if that's because our secondary is not so odd, or well, because he's playing great. <laughs> it could be either one of the two. Um and he's gonna make the team primarily as a returner as well. Eric Izakama had an amazing camp last August. I think he was only active for one game last year. So I know they like him a lot. And Cedric Wilson, you know, he didn't it didn't work out for him last year at receiver. And halfway through the year, they had him as a punt returner. He's not going to return punts this year. He's making a lot of money, so they can't move on from him either. That's going to be an interesting one with Cedric Wilson. But I think, you know, your top three are going to be Hill, Waddle, Chosen. And I think Eric Rizakama and Braxton Barrios are the next two. And it's going to be interesting to see how they integrate uh, Cedric Wilson. Yeah,
0: signing that went under the radar, I think, was Deshaun Elliott to the Dolphins. you think he has a shot at starting at safety?
1: Yeah, because I don't think Brandon Jones is going to be ready by September, um, their first game. Like He's still sort of just working on the side. He's wearing the red non-contact jersey. He's not really in the mix in these practices. And he had a rough injury. I mean, that's a big injury to come back from. So we're bringing him along slowly. And um, so I think Brandon Jones might not be a week one starter this year. I mean, he might start eventually when he is 100%. So I think Elliott could be the week one starter at safety for sure.
0: Yeah, um, now I want to just get into the season. What do you think the Dolphins' season looks like next year?
1: Um, God. Been, I hate to say the line, but it's the most famous line everyone's saying. If Tua stays healthy, if Tua stays healthy, they're going to probably win 11 or 12 games. If he gets hurt, uh, they're going to be outside the playoffs and not make it. It's just that, I mean, he if he misses one or two games, it's not the end of the world. If he misses four or five, they're done. Mike White, nice guy, nice player he ain't going to step in, and he ain't going to win games against, you know, very good teams. And plus, he's also someone who's always hurt. He's always been hurt with the Jets. So I think overall, uh, if Tua is healthy, probably 11 or 12 wins, and they're in the playoffs. I don't know if they win the East, but they're in the playoffs. And if Tua misses some games, look, any other injury, even Armstead, okay, any other injury, Ramsey, he's out for most of the season, they can survive. Armstead wouldn't be pretty, they could survive. Even Tyree killed, they still got Waddle and some other guys. They could survive. Two up, they can't survive, okay? If he goes down for, like, a month, they're done. Stick a fork in them. They're just done.
0: You think Wilkins gets extended next year? Mm-hmm. For next, Yeah,
1: I hope. I mean, I'm shocked it's not done already. I think it might be done by week one, I hope. Um, I don't know why it's not done. I don't know what the hell they're waiting for. You know, it might be him, too. Him and his agent just, like, dragging their feet, so I can't blame Miami for all of it but yeah I think he will get an extension and I know there's been some reporting from ESPN saying it's not a matter if it's when well it's all we're waiting for it. every other tackle from his draft class has a new contract and he doesn't so I don't know what the possible holdup is but I think they're gonna keep I mean they'd be idiots not to keep him so yes I think they will
0: he's very underrated like Bobby he doesn't have many sacks, but he has
1: Times. He's the leader of the team. Exactly. And he's the leader of the team. It goes beyond the play, which play has been outstanding, yes. But he is the vocal leader of the team. He's the heart of the team. He's the leader of this team. And if they, like, I can't even imagine them not holding on to him, so I think they will. But I just don't know what the holdup is. Yeah, I mean, you
0: think if, if Stua stays healthy, which I hope he does, you think they can fight it out with the Bills for that, for the one spot in the division?
1: Oh, absolutely, because the Bills have taken a step back. And... You know, everyone's thrown in the Jets, which is fair. The Jets have enough. I mean, Rodgers has won two of the last three league MVPs, so you can't just totally throw them out. I think they're getting a little bit overhyped, but I think they're going to be good, and I think they'll be in the playoffs. So I think if Tua stays healthy, winning the East is not unheard of. And Miami's first month schedule of September, it's not easy. It's a little rough. But after that, they have some stretches where they play like a three-game stretch. Two of the games are very winnable. One of them is a little tougher. Then they get another three-game stretch. Two of them are very winnable. One of them is a little tougher. That's nice to have. Then at the end of the season, with the majority of their games at home, uh, the final like five or six weeks, that helps as well. When you are sore, beaten up, end of a season, you can sleep in your own bed every night. That also helps as well. The Bills also have a very easy start to the season, though. The Bills open up the softest schedule I've ever seen. I mean, they got the Jets in Miami in September, but then you throw in the Raiders, Washington, Tampa, Jacksonville. They play literally nobody. I mean, the first eight weeks, they got like one or two tough games.
0: Yeah. Do you think the Dolphins have a chance at the Super Bowl? And if not,
1: how far do you think they are? They have a chance. I mean, once again, if Tua stays healthy and if Armstead stays healthy, you know, relatively healthy. Like I said, if each miss one or two games, it's fine. But if they both stay relatively healthy, play 15, 16, 17 games in the regular season, they absolutely can compete for a Super Bowl. They have as much talent as any team in the league. I know the AFC is tough, but when those guys are out there and they're healthy, um, they proved they can beat the Bills. I know they can beat the Jets. Um, you know, they beat the Ravens at the Ravens last year. Cincinnati's a little tougher, and Miami was, like, in control of that game up until... Tua got hurt last year in Cincinnati. Who knows how that game plays out? Um, Well, I think they they fell behind when he got hurt, but they were toe-to-toe with Cincinnati and Cincinnati for the most part. And then you look at the other teams, I'm not worried about the Chargers, and, you know, the Chiefs are the Chiefs. But, yes, they can go toe-to-toe and beat any of those teams if they're relatively healthy. And, again, you can survive some injuries, but some you can't, I think. Armstead and Tua, if they're healthy... Gives Miami a chance to absolutely make a super. There's been teams worse than them to get to a Super Bowl and win it, so it's absolutely possible.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think also the Jets are very overrated, and their defense is still missing a lot of parts there. And they're very their defense sucks. Like last year, they weren't anything special. They're not, I, don't well, know. I
1: mean, they they took advantage of the matchups that they had. So they played the Browns. They got Jacoby Brissett, not Watson. Take advantage of that. They played Pittsburgh. They had Mitch Trubisky and Kenny Picking in his first game. They took advantage. They played Skylar Thompson twice. They took advantage. They played Brett Ripon with the Broncos. Took advantage. So I can't knock them because they did take advantage. It's not their fault. It's the team they're playing. as a hurt quarterback or the guy, whatever. So they took advantage of those games. But they also lost their last six in a row. They lost seven of their last eight. And people forget about that. In some of those wins they had, like the one against the Browns, they scored like three times in one minute, which is like almost impossible. You could do that at a... Video game 100 times, and that wouldn't happen. It happened in real life. They got a little lucky. Again, that's Pittsburgh. It came down to a last-minute deal. So, they're not bad. That's the thing. I, I mean, I know fans of Dolphins are like, just think, just think. It's not that they stink. I just don't think they're as good as some people are sort of pumping them up to be. The quarterback's upgraded. The wide receivers are upgraded. Brees Hall, when he comes back, will give them the ability at running back. Who knows if they sign Cook or Dot? I don't know. I don't think so, but who knows? Okay. And just, they're not bad I just don't think they're like an 11 or 12 one team I think they're more than 9 or 10 that's how I see it
0: well hopefully the Dolphins stay healthy thank you for coming on Mike and thank you guys for tuning in